Today on Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live, we talk about Obama's other historic appointment. Batman vs. Superman gets an R rating, maybe? And the Oscars are this Sunday. Let's go. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Geek Nerd Tech. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down nerd culture and tech news from a black and, black and brown geek perspective. KRS-One, the teacher, Black History Month. I'm Joe, I'm Joe Braswell, joined as always by my man Achilles Shine. How you doing? Man, I'm well, bro. Well and blessed, man. It's KRS-One, man, taking us back, bro. The teacher. The teacher, man. Yes. Bronx. Um, Yes, uh, the boogie down. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. Karras is my dude since 1986. Man, I'm not mad at him at all. Except, for where's he been though? Man, he. Last time I saw him, it was been a, in the cut, man. It was in a parking lot at in Sherman Oaks at Kinko's. Oh, you mean like you literally seen him? Yeah. Where, where? In giant hands. Oh man, Karras is a big dude. I'm all Chris. Hey! <laughs> anyway, I digress. Welcome to, welcome to Geek Nerd Tech. Uh, let's talk about lots of tech news. Uh, we have some Obama stuff. We finally, as promised, going to get into this Oscar conversation a little bit later. Um, still more on the Apple uh, controversy of what they're going to do about these cell phones. Bill Gates has weighed in. Of course he has. Uh, but let's get into it. Uh, oh, President Obama, as we talked about, as I mentioned in the open, President Obama has uh, another. People have been talking about the the Scalia's death and the and the, and the Supreme Court appointment, which he should make because it's his constitutional right. And he's the president. But I digress. But his, he has another appointment, which is which is a uh, pretty historic as well. He's about to make an appointment to the Library of Con- Congress. Head Library of Congress, number one, but the, what's uh, in, what's historic about it is it'll be the first African American and the first woman to hold that job. That's correct. And while we're covering that here, aside from the fact that it's the first African American and the first woman to hold that job, is the Library of Congress nowadays, in this day and age, in this new millennium, has a huge, huge amount of tech law significance. They help set the policy and how. Um, how tech is used in the in, in the general public and to consumers, um, things from like whether or not you're you can you can unlock your phone for your cell phone carrier or uh, you know what you know what 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 tech companies are allowed to do and and, and other and other things like that. And the FCC has a lot of that, but Library of Congress holds these too, and it's, it has huge implications as we get into this digital millennial age uh, and you know things like you know, we have like. We talk about the, the the Internet of Things when your your refrigerator has the internet and everything in your house has the internet. Um, these laws are going to really affect everything, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's great that o- Obama is uh, focused on diversifying some of you know these positions, especially you know a position that's never like you said never had a woman. Um, be in the seat and never had you know a person of color be in the seat. So I think that's awesome off top. I think we need more promotion of that. Um, but yeah, in terms of the landscape, you know, Internet of Things, you know, we're all connected to our devices. These devices are collecting information and data, and like how you want to adapt them or evolve them. If you want to switch them up, how you want to you know use that information for yourself. All all those type of things, you know, she will be deciding. And I think that's pretty cool. That you know, 
a black woman is tech savvy and, yeah. and, and will be making, you know, a lot of the leadway in terms of how how we manage these things as, you know, technology evolves even further. So Yes, it's it's historic in a lot of different ways. Her name is Dr. Carl Carla Hayden, I should say. Um, Dr. Carla Hayden. She's uh why why she's probably the right woman for the job is she was instrumental in bringing um, the library association like in general in bringing them into the digital age so yeah. bringing all their all these files and books into the digital mm-hmm. age so she's uh just right one for the job so i'm very excited yeah. about this and and uh, now if we can just get a supreme court justice yeah. appointed we're in business we need more people of color in high um public offices and so yeah. I, I think this is great this is a great move and we talk about all the time diversifying silicon valley yep. and even just on, on a governmental level like this is a, a good step in the right direction i so. agree could not agree more um uh, next, uh, Volvo. We never talk about Volvo. We, we're always talking about why would we? <laughs> I know we're always talking about Tesla and and. and are, are you uh, going? Are you going with a Volvo? Yeah, this oh, Volvo looks kind of fresh no. though. Okay, <laughs> this new Volvo is kind of hot. You're not pulling up in the Volvo. <laughs> Stop it right now. Um, the uh, Volvo, uh, who who's known known for their safety and not known for necessarily for their innovation, but they are. Trying to do something different. There, we we have we, we all, all new cars now have the keyless have keyless entry. Most cars have this me have they have the I'm keyless. Sorry, we have an me <laughs> has the keyless fob uh, the entry. They want to take it one step further. They want to do the keyless app, the keyless app to your phone. So basically, use it Bluetooth technology to be able when you walk up, have your phone unlock when, when have your car unlock when you're near in your phone. Um, I like the sound of that. I mean, I guess we're talking about an age where you are digitally, you have your thumbprints on your phone, so your, your codes are on your phone. Um, it, it, it's supposed to make things work. It seems inherently problematic to me. If someone borrowed my phone, could they steal my whip? If, like, how does that work? Do I got to, like, to unlock my card, I got to slide up my thing, enter my code, open the app, press the button? It seems like a lot of steps. I mean, I, I think it, <laughs> it speaks to, you know, our app dependency, you know? I... I I don't. I don't see how this can make um, it faster or easier. Like, you. Ha- I mean, unless unless it's literally your fingerprint and the car turns on or the car unlocks. If you yeah. have to put in a code, I mean, to me that's just as fast as clicking the button. Yeah. I mean, but in a way, you're clicking a button regardless. So, like, why is this better? Oh, freeze up space in your pocket, in yeah. your purse. Okay. Ooh, big save. Well, but most cars have the radio technology, like in the Audis, for sure. You know, the the car, the the key never has to leave your pocket or your purse. You right. walk up and you put your hand in the door and it and locks. Uh, exactly. Uh, I uh, think I think this I think what this one does in addition to to that is that you you could you could allow a friend or a family member access to your vehicle. But if they have the app, you give them the code or you give them permission, and they're able to you know have access to the car. And you could do it anywhere in the world. So right. like if I'm in Italy and my car is parked in somewhere in California, I could just you know boom boom give you access and it could be moved. I right. think that's kind of cool. Right. I, I, I agree. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, it, it feels like it's just sort of a, a PR announcement. I don't know that it's anything revolutionary. Definitely not. I don't know that it's they're going to lead the way in in the way we we get our cars. Everyone's going to have an app. I mean, obviously, the obvious thing is, and they even said this in the, in the in the article, make sure your phone's charged. Like, your phone dies, you can't get in your car. It's emergency. Stupid. Yeah. Like, the, my charger's in the car. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get in. I was stuck in, in, in camping, so I don't know. Uh, they, I, they hope they hope they think that went through. Um, Volvo, <laughs> Volvo. Uh, next, Instagram. We talked a while about this. Instagram d- dropped this thing where they have a new uh, sort of advertiser visual so- social platform, um, and in five months they've got over two hundred thousand advertisers. 
Um, so it's hugely successful. Yeah. And again, what, what I guess I'm assuming what this is is wait, how does this work? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I can't, so it's a thing where is it the uh, learn more and shop now buttons? Is that is that we're talking about? Yeah, learn more, shop now buttons, and and just you know add 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 uh, vendor partnerships where you know a a company can you know roll ads on Instagram, and so obviously it's in the photo or video form, and so in the video form it's long it can be longer than fifteen seconds, and in the photo form you know you have the option to like you said the shop. Blah, 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 blah. You have the, the options to do something with that photo if it's a, a product. And so it, they've, they've opened it up in over 100 markets throughout the world. Most of it has uh, been overseas in terms of uh, the, the brands that are, are using it. But the point is, is that for Facebook, this is going to be a huge money revenue generating um, a tool. Right. And so they're saying that for Facebook, in terms of the landscape of Facebook and how much ad re- revenue that, that they'll bring in, um, Instagram is going to bring in next year 15% of the ad revenue because of Ooh. this new technology. So it's good. I mean, I, I, I actually like the ads that I see on Instagram. I think it's cool the way it's presented, you know, high quality photos. Um, so a lot of the stuff I actually like, I hit the button and want to want to explore the brand further. So I, right. I think it, I think the the way the ads work on Instagram versus another platform, I think is way better. Right, I agree. Uh, I agree, and um, I, I have nothing wrong with this. This is this is the future. This is the way things are going, especially in the in the, in the video space and the mobile space. Which reminds me of this next story. Uh, you know, BuzzFeed announced that they're really sort of really going all in in, in, in the mobile space, and um, they have their first video only app um, that they're debuting. And this is kind of the future. I mean, you know, BuzzFeed is not exactly the uh, the, the wordiest site in the world. Not, they don't have any. Buzzfeed is not known for its in-depth articles. It's not the. It's not a. You know, it's not a Vulture or Salon or Vanity Fair or anything like that in terms of uh, word count and what you're going to be reading. However, they do have a lot of like click-worthy stuff. And so the next going from those captions and pictures, which is what mm-hmm. a Buzzfeed article amounts to. Um, Let's say let's just go straight to video. Yeah, and I think that that's a smart way to go as bandwidth grows and as as the the, the you know um, the, the the these these four G uh, things grow and 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 everything. Video is a way to consume content yeah. mobily, and it's so it's a lot easier to have a video stream and people consume it that way than to read an article or, to, or to scroll through some pictures. And BuzzFeed's on top of that. You're super on top of it. I mean, I mean, you got to think five years ago, like a lot of people were still getting a lot of their information on their desktop. Right. I mean, there's been a huge transition into into the mobile game. That's why all these major platforms are developing their their platform for mobile because that's where the ears and eyeballs are at. Yep. In fact, there was a, a statistic that they gave, like in 2012, they had 100 million views uh, of their of their video content. In 2016, it's like like two billion, almost yeah. two billion. That's like yeah. r- retarded. Yeah. So the, the, the exponential growth in BuzzFeed. It's it's. I mean, there's something to be said about. You know what and how we're consuming. I mean, our, our culture is a soundbite culture. We're a BuzzFeed culture, and now we're like you know a, 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 a BuzzFeed clip culture. Yeah. Hopefully, we people take some time to read an article. Sometimes you want the the, the five thousand word article in Vanity Fair or the five thousand word article. In Sometimes you want else. the compressed version. You yeah, you want just the quick hits. So I hope that there's room for both, yeah. and everything just doesn't become a soundbite on BuzzFeed or Instagram, right? But uh, it, it, or Snapchat for that matter. But it, it's. It's interesting the, the where you know where this is going and how um, and how this is going to be utilized. I mean, uh, I mean, look, it, like you said, yeah, but you know, BuzzFeed's audience grew from 100 million monthly uh, six to billion. six billion, yeah. and we're talking about in four years. That is, that, I mean, that, that's exponential growth that I can't even, that's I crazy. can't wrap my head around. So, that's retarded. Um, you know, it's it, it's something. Yeah. Um, 
uh, speaking of these apps as well and, and ads, uh, Foursquare also has a, has, a, has, a, has something to help measure foot tra tra traffic, which is like, you know, I don't know, this isn't really like, this is just, again, as to the idea of how these ads want to quantify how, how what, what their penetration is to be able to get these ads to other people. Um, yeah, it's this thing called attribution powered, uh -huh. where if a consumer you know leaves their Foursquare app on or off, it, as long as it's, it gives access, it's collecting information. So where, whenever you go to a store, it's collecting that information, it's providing, and then it's sending that information to you know a potential uh, advertiser. They're like, okay, well now we can target you because we we know that you're in the in the age group of 18 to to 23, and you've been going to these type of stores around this time. So we're going to targeted these type of ads towards you and and then and then we're gonna we're gonna take use you use you as a case study and someone from the same demographic we're not gonna target the ad and see like how what the variation is like who's who's spending more time where and right. so to prove to other ads like hey these do work and so that's kind of what it, the concept of it of the attribution powered thing is, is and, supposed to be and do you, when, what do you think do you think this is, is smart do you think it'll work I mean I mean, would, I, mean I, I think Foursquare when you juxtapose them to the other uh, media proper digital media properties I think they they have to still be in the conversation so they have to adapt and innovate and I think in terms of a location GPS location app where, where it's able to acquire that type of information I think they, they do need to innovate in that space and I think it does provide information for for a potential brand to target their audience better so I think it is it is kind of smart okay we'll see, we'll see I don't use Foursquare though. I don't know about I don't use it at all yeah. I don't use it at all but I know a lot of people who do it's just not I, I, don't, I don't use it at all yeah, um, I haven't I, really been a Foursquare guy at all since the beginning. Yeah, and yeah. I just the, the idea of letting you know—I never had the desire to let people know. Hey, I'm over here. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's also for densely populated urban areas like mm -hmm. San Francisco or, or or New York, where it's like I'm two blocks away, or right. I'm, I'm right around the corner, or like you know that's that's different. When you're in LA, so spread out. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm, I'm you know. I'm in Culver City, like mm -hmm. so. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't, you know. So anyway, I don't know. Well, well, that, that, but uh, it's, it seems to be working. I mean, you know, in yeah. some places. Um, so Google, um, you know, Alphabet. We talked about Alphabet and Google sort of taking over, and it looks like they have a new letter in Alphabet, the twenty-fourth letter, S for Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's twenty fourth letter. I don't know, but anyway, um, Spotify is moving itself onto Google's cl cloud. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that Google is buying Spotify. Definitely not. No, but you know, but that, which is kind of what it feels like. But but it is still a move to, for for Spotify to live in Google's cloud ecosystem, mm -hmm. which is allows because you're talking about you know twenty million songs and 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 and, 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 and yeah. millions of users. So you know, Google's ecosystem, Google, Google Google's ecosystem, the Google Net. Is, is the place to live for that. Yeah. And, and the last thing I'll say about this, I want to hear your thoughts on it, but it just speaks to, again, the proliferation of Google is not, Google's doing some smart things by not only being in the, obviously they're in the information, the search, they've owned the search space, so they own the information space, and now they're trying to own the bandwidth space. Not only are they doing the hard labor, laying the Google fiber, I won't say laying the pipe, but laying the Google fiber everywhere, but they're also building this Google Net, the cloud. So yeah. they're, they're owning not only the information, how you search for information, but how you receive that information and how you store the information. Absolutely. That's it's, that's smart. It's about speed and efficiency for all these companies, especially since a lot of our business, a lot of our communication, a lot of our interaction is 
based in the cloud and so they call it cloud computing and for a company to be able to develop that for themselves is very pricey it takes a lot of infrastructure to build that like and, and you have to you have to have like a, a facility to, to store all your stuff so why not use uh, a titan like google or amazon that already has this infrastructure and that can give you a lower price point and you're able to run your software through their cloud computing and all your stuff is stored you know centralized in one centralized place and you don't have to worry about building all that infrastructure as you grow and grow and grow because Google's so big and they're giving it to you at a low rate so that's kind of the thing and i think the spotify google collaboration is dope because it's a way for google to promote that to other brands like look we got spotify spotify has over a hundred million users like yeah. and, and we have a, a brand we have a we have a platform that's like, that large. They like, can handle that. Exactly. So, of like, course, we can handle you. Exactly. X, you know, whoever that you are. I agree. I mean, you know, I'm really interested to see where Alphabet is in the next three years in terms of, um, you know, these, these companies that, that own. What, what this means for, you know, them in the storage space in the and then the, the fiber space. I just wonder what that's going to mean for Google as a company. Because uh, they're, like I said, it's just, again, it's, it's unprecedented. Yeah. Someone to own the the way we get information, and yep. the way we receive information, mm -hmm. and own the way we store information. Mm -hmm. So, top that, Bill Gates. Hey. You know, I don't know. Hey, hey. <laughs> that, that's a lot. Bezos is right there too. Amazon, Amazon is playing. Yeah, they're players. Yeah, I mean, so they own. You know, they, they're the ways you. They own. They're good. Again, we talked. We talked about this a couple years ago, but Bezos is controlling the way shipping is done. Mm -hmm. Like he, you know, he he may buy. He think about buying the post office, the United States post office. So I mean, like that's he's. He, I'd say he's more efficient. He may put FedEx and UPS out of business. So, Man. like, you know, that, that's a lot. <laughs> and well, well, another thing that's interesting about this this topic is that they're they're forecasting that um, this cloud computing computing is going to be the the biggest uh, profit aspect of Google, be, even beyond um, their yeah. search. Yeah, like that's kind of crazy because right now I think it's like almost a two hundred. It's like a Hundred and fifty billion dollar business in like four years is going to be over two hundred billion dollar business, and so they're they're trying to ramp up because everyone wants to have their stuff stored somewhere. Storage king. Exactly. I mean, ask ask uh, Larry Ellison. Ask Oracle. Man, it's just an empire of you know and you know of, of storage and servers and, and information. Like Oracle, I mean, they're you know like they're a weird company who, if you're not from Silicon Valley, you have no idea what they do or why they do it, but they are like dominant domination. You know? so, um, that's yeah. So yeah, they're they're definitely in the right space. Hey man, um, that's, that's the I just want one B. I just want one B. <laughs> one, I'll take a half a B. <laughs> I'll take a quarter of a B. Um, I'll, uh, anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll take a B. <laughs> uh, so speaking of which, um, speaking of Bs and 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 uh, Gates, Microsoft is uh, buying. I don't know how you pronounce it. Zamarin, um, and. To, to, which is a sort of a plat. It's a it's a place where you can develop, um, uh, you can program apps to run on not just Windows but all other all these platforms. And Microsoft. I mean, it used to be back in the day that you know it was very much Microsoft versus Apple or these people versus each other. It was this platform or this platform. And mm -hmm. now people are starting to see that it's not in the best your best interest to just you know to to, to fight it. You're gonna want some of your stuff to run on Apple and iOS and iOS is going to want some of this stuff to run on Windows. So what Microsoft is doing is they're they're getting a company that allows them to run their stuff universally on everything, right. which will only make them bigger, I imagine. Well, that, that's the thing like in the, in this in this new world that we are in, like a lot of a lot of the stuff 
it's kind of com converging. And so before in the old world, like you, you were either a Windows guy, an Apple guy, a Linux guy. Yeah. And so all those platforms require their own specific language, specific, specific programming language. And so what this is doing is giving developers a tool to be able to use the Microsoft programming language, but still be able to develop um, software for um, other operating systems. And so, I, I mean, I think that's pretty cool for for a developer to have that tool in their in their toolbox to be able to do that instead of I can only develop stuff for Windows now I have the, I have the ability to develop for everything every operating system right so that's kind of cool yeah it's very cool we'll see how it goes um, I want to move on I want to talk about this Jeb Bush uh, Jeb Bush dropped out of the race uh, last week um, oh. and uh, yeah I know you're very disappointed about <laughs> about that man I'm so disappointed <laughs> will not, we will not have another Bush in the White House man. anytime soon um, but aside from the fact that and, and Jeb seems like a, a Jeb seems like a nice enough individual I do not agree with any of his politics or any of his family's politics but what this is what's interesting about this story is 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 it's about how to run a campaign and how to get this information out and what's working and what doesn't work right yeah. and the ironic thing is you have a, you have a uh, Barack Obama who in 2008 Eight years ago, yeah. you know, utilized with, with with about half the money that Jeb Bush has now, orchestrated a wonderful campaign using youth and tech, revolutionizing and, and word of mouth. Yeah. So you have here you are eight years later with more tech, more information, and double the money, and he's still using the same old methods like hats and and signs and and TV ads ramping up and all that's the, the, the it's it's a real disaster on the ads on, on the on the money spend yeah and so I mean I'm not not saying that Jeb Bush does you know his message is maybe people aren't responding to him or responding to his message but man talk about a misallocation of funds the, the, the articles that I'm, I'm referencing talks about how basically political TV ads don't work yeah. there's been a lot of money on these TV ads I mean, but you can't they're, they're not nimble enough by the time yeah. you produce a TV ad and get it up and buy the buy the ad time old news. get it up it's old news yeah. and then they're, they're, they're not pivoting fast enough and not and not just that like in the in the 90s and I mean before you know social media right like pre-social media like you got most of your information from two sources three sources the radio newspaper or television television was the biggest form in terms of your political news during the campaign right so now like you get it from all different places and you get it rapid fire speed like you can research it yourself yep. and and like if you see an ad like most people don't even watch tv like most people have you know they're able to fast forward commercials they're able to record whatever shows they want to watch and just skip it entirely like so people aren't really entrenched in the in the in the old infrastructure of how how they receive their information from television so that's one thing like so why would you invest most of your campaign money in in that uh in that avenue right that's not where the people are that's not how the people consume information anymore like and we're more savvy and smart and more sophisticated to be able to weed through all the, all, all these bullcrap ads you know what i'm saying that are right. very salacious and very like just 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 not necessarily accurate you know yeah it, 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 it's it's interesting because it it, it again I, what's 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 Amazing to me is, and this is, is more of like a just a, a, a huger metaphor for the, Re the Republican Party is how out of step with 
you know, the current times they are. It's just like, how do you, like, and again, eight years ago, you know, the Barack Obama campaign did a fantastic job of utilizing technology that was eight years old to mobilize folks with half the money. And now the Bush campaign is, is using, you know, Bush 41 methods, you know, <laughs> like using, using stuff that, uh, that Pop Pop Bush did in 1992 in his campaign. So, uh, in 1988. So, I don't know, man. It's really, it's really interesting to see. This is uh, gotta give it the times. Gotta give, gotta the give it with the times without you know, all, all that money, all the, the billion dollars he had. Uh, nope, gone. <laughs> so a billion, a B. It's crazy. He got to be. He had to be. Anyway, uh, moving on. I want to move past uh, the Uber story because I want to get this pop culture stuff. But I do want to touch on this on this uh, the debate over uh, the FBI Apple debate, and it seems to be it's a debate because you have the titans are all sort of weighing in on this. I mean, Bill Gates has weighed in, uh, sort of saying that it's, it's, it's the duty of, uh, of Apple to help, and, and this is a single case, and this isn't about everything. It's, it's about this one particular instance, and you should be able to make an exception for this one instance, um, which I, I don't think it's highly credible because Bill Gates is... You know, obviously, historically known for whatever it's like, it's like Republican versus Democrat, right? Right? Whatever Apple says, Bill Gates comes out the other side of it. If Apple said, you know, they they want to unlock the phones, Bill Gates probably would have said, "Keep it locked," you know. So I don't know that Bill Gates is the most credible guy on this matter, but he seems to have you know a philosophical point. Whereas other Titan, Mark Zuckerberg. Came through. Who 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 is you know knows a little thing too about about privacy and keeping people's information safe. Allegedly, uh, he came out and says like he sympathizes with Apple. Like it's hard. Like you know encryption is is key to what we all do. And, and if you don't keep those encryption methods uh, state of the art and private, then it could it, it could be a disaster yeah. because of where we are. Uh, I don't know. Where, where, have you, we had a week to think about this. Where do you come out? I mean, I, my my stance is the same as it was last week. I feel like. Again, it's, it's, the, it's two sides of the coin: security and privacy. Security right. for the country, security for the, for the public, but then privacy of the individual. And I lean more on the privacy of the individual um, because I I feel there's no there's no stoppage if if you allow this. Like if you allow it for one, who's to say it's it's not going to be? Uh, who's to say I'm not going to be that one or the next right. one or you know? So I feel like people people should be able to express themselves and and have you know their stuff protected right. and not have. Big Brother have the government, you know, entrenched into their daily affairs, like just because they suspect something. Like I think they should, they need to evolve and figure out a, a new way, a better way of, of honing in on a potential suspect, other than saying for everyone, like even if you have a subpoena or you have a search warrant, but the the, the potentiality for everyone to have their stuff looked at, I don't think that's fair. Right. I think we should we we deserve to have our stuff protected. We absolutely have our stuff deserve to have our stuff protected. And again, in a in a another philosophical debate this is sort of really about letting the genie out of the bottle this isn't because when you do something it's never a one-off right this exactly is, that's what I, I mean yeah never a one-off like, never. I, mean, I use i use uh some of this where we are with you know mapping the genome and dna stuff as an example once you clone that first human or once you make that There's first no thing stopping. there is no like oh well, uh, we're gonna stop it now i got yeah i got yeah. oh I'm, I'm gonna clone this one dude yeah to see what happens i'm right. never gonna clone anybody else or no. i'm gonna make this one you know no like the genie's out of the bottle people are gonna be you know we will have a uh a, a stormtrooper clone army in no time so i don't know it's it, it, it you can't you know te- tech is no different you know, so it's really naive to, to say that, you know, oh, all we got is just for this one case. And I think it's consequential because it allows 
highly sophisticated terrorist organizations or hackers or whoever that's technologically savvy to be able to have access to it too. Right. Like it's not just saying, hey, the government, the FBI will have access to it. It, gives, it raises the the probability that someone else will have access to it. Yes. That's 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 the concern. That's it, you know? it, 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 it. And the probability is, I mean, you know, the concern is valid when you know everyone in their you know who, who's in Silicon Valley and in tech. Is knows and is very vocal about how behind Russia and China we are in in our capabilities in terms of security and hacking. I mean, Russia is they've got people hacking twenty four hours a day, young kids, everyone doing dirty tricks. China has thirteen kids hacking. You know, they, they, they you know they, everybody's hacking today, and we don't we don't we're not utilizing that. We don't have that. We don't we're not doing that. And so it's it's it feels a very, it feels very much like a bureaucratic sort of like. Uh, yelling and screaming without thinking about the consequence without thinking about what it is and so when you have guys like donald trump and this is my opinion so this is this is a perfect example of how our country works you know the the thing comes out there's no real information no real debate no real conversation about what it is no real thought about what this is from a but then you have guys like donald trump who hears about it's like boycott apple boycott they, they should unlock the thing like they should help they should do it because terrorists are bad i'm donald trump Boycott Apple. Everybody's like, "Yeah, USA, USA." It's like, no, no one's. This is what we're just, in, you know, Russia, China, laughing at us. So I think we just need to give these things some more thought. I totally, I completely agree. Um, so I think we, we're in agreement on this. Yeah, we sat with Zuck. We sat with Zuck and Apple, and I don't think it makes us any American. Yeah, so that, that's our opinion. But what we, also, well, I don't know what you guys think out there, but that's that's kind of what what uh, what we think here. Um, I'm gonna move on. Cause I want to talk about two two things. I want, I want to talk about a little bit about Batman versus Superman. Then I want to talk a little bit about the Oscars on the way out. But uh, uh, so Batman versus Superman is still on the horizon. But it, it, you know, in a response, in a seemingly desperate response to the success of uh, of Deadpool, now Warner Brothers has announced that we're, they're gonna have an R-rated version of Batman versus Superman. It'll be on the DVD, of course. Um, you know. You know, Deadpool doing so well as an R-rated movie in February, doing the business that it did, put an extreme amount of pressure on Batman vs Superman to at least match that. I mean, the, you know, the budget is four times as high as Deadpool's budget was, but Deadpool's sixty million. Um, uh, Batman vs Superman's upward two hundred million, I think. Uh, I mean, the movie, the pressure on this movie, I, I, it's it's a, it, like it's got to do like a, a half a B just to even. To not be a failure, yeah, like it's, it's anyone's gotta, eyes, it's got to get some, the numbers high, and so it's just really interesting. So, uh, what concerns me, aside from the, my, my already vocal points about Zack Snyder, what concerns me is because the stakes are so high, they're still tinkering, they're still messing with it, they're still tinkering with it. Like the movie's supposed to come out, first of all, movie's been delayed, pushed back, moved, but like the movie's been finished for I don't know how long, allegedly in a can for almost a year, yet here we are, right for the le- release date, and they're like back in the edit bay. Tinkering stuff because Deadpool came out like that. This is this is not good. I don't know. You're still you're still a believer. No, I'm no, 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 no. I feel, I feel you. Like that, <laughs> that definitely uh, raises a red flag. Like, I mean, and I I think for the point that you brought up in terms of you know the expectation level because of because of Deadpool and its success, like I think this movie has to like really really surpass that. And so I think that's where the the whole shakeup is. Like, okay, well maybe we need to like in, infuse this with a little bit more of this, or you know s- scale back this, or incorporate this. I don't know. Like, but but it will be a, a major fail if they don't reach you know those 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 numbers. Like especially with the amount of budget that was uh, allocated for this film. Like right. so. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I I I feel you know. 
from the previews and from what I've read and just what I've seen, like I, it looks good to me. Like it looks like it's going to be a home run. But I mean, who knows? Who knows? This isn't very. This 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 movie has a, a lot of implications for the movie business in general. For the for the idea of the giant blockbuster tentpole superhero thing. Yeah. Um, a studio like basically not only what you know it's whole. Warner Brothers has billions of dollars invested in this, not just in the movie itself, but because this is to launch their whole yeah. DC universe. Exactly. This is supposed to launch. According to them, right. two Justice League movies, three Batman movies, yeah. another Superman movie, or Wonder two Wonder Woman movies, an Aquaman movie. Like this, this movie is launching like ten movies yeah. that are supposed to do a B each. It's got to be so, right. So I mean, there, there's billions of dollars at stake, and if this movie's a failure, can they still launch those movies? Yeah, I think they can. You know, can they can they still do that? And also. One thing that's interesting to me about this, the movie could be fantastic. Let's say the movie's great. The movie is a wonderful movie, and it, and it still doesn't perform for whatever reason. People don't get out to see it. People are tired. People don't want to see it. They wait. Amen. They want to wait till DVD. They want to watch it on their phone. They're pirating it. This is the kind of this is this is the the, the, the climate we live in, which is really interesting. To I, me. I, I disagree. Right. I disagree. I think we're in the climate where you're going to have um, records being broken every every uh, summer. Okay. So I feel like. I feel like if, if people don't come out, it's because the movie isn't good. Right. If the movie's good, people will come out. Right. Because Pe- you, you'll tell your friends, like, it'll get good reviews. Like, people will show up. Right. So. Okay, well, in the last couple of minutes, I want to talk about the Oscars and, and talk about, you know, we, we didn't give our, our sort of Oscar so white take in general. I mean, we I've seen most, I've seen most all these movies. I know you've seen a lot of the movies. Um, much has been made about the the pretty much whitewashing of all the nominees on all, all fronts. Um, all, of, all, all the movies that we... You know uh, that 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 we've made and that we loved. I mean, I, I liked all the movies, but the black movies specifically. Talking about Straight Outta Compton, Creed, uh, Beast of a Nation, Beast, and Concussion. Beast of a Nation, Concussion, and then all and then some of the other supporting roles like Sam Jackson and Hateful Eight, right? And and some of the others. Uh, not to mention, you know, we had you know two wonderful black young black directors out there doing a thing. Well, F. Gary is not so young, but like young black directors doing a thing who completely were shut shut out. Yeah. Which I think both of those guys should have been nominated. Even fuck, even even, fuck yes. even, in a, even in a tough category, I recognize it's a tough category. But uh, and I'm sorry, Adam McKay. Uh, you know, Big Short was great, but I I think VF graded great or or uh, Kugler should have got in. And then of course, and then and then also in the writing category, like you know, we uh, Strader Compton did get in, ironically written by white folks. But uh, and I'm not sure that the, I will give the voters the benefit of the doubt not knowing that. But the questions I have for you, aside from the obvious, I mean, is bullshit. It sucks, and this is what it is. The question I have for you is this. You know, Oscars has a black president, black female president, who's president of the Academy. Academy. They are very in a, in a PR move, and I think in a genuine move, trying to make some people talk about what the the larger problem here about this is: the voter base of the Oscar voter base are old white and, and, and yeah. white men. They're like they're yeah. like seventy percent over sixty yeah. and white, yeah. um, and and they need to just sort of thin out that base a little bit. Now, the there's been pushback. Well, let me say this first. So what they decided to do was sort of say, if you haven't been active in 10 years, if you haven't done anything, uh, you can't vote. They're trying to get more African-Americans, more women in there, you got more young people in there. Those people are pushing back, being like, look, man, it's because I'm white. No, it doesn't mean I don't like black people. I marched for Martin Luther King. I'm, I'm, I'm a liberal. I'm in Hollywood. So, you know, that, that it's, it's an interesting fight there. The, the question I have, and I'm, I'm a long-winded question, but the question I have is, I believe this is it. This is not Oscar's problem to fix. This is Hollywood's problem to fix. I don't think this is. I mean, I, I appreciate them. Oscars doing this isn't Oscar's fault. This is Hollywood's fault. Nah, but, but go ahead. What, what do you, what I do you disagree. Think I disagree. I think I think 
um, Oscar folk and Hollywood folk have responsibility. You got to think, man. And I, we ha- I have to stop in this dialogue with some of some of my friends uh, the other night, actually. And I mean, I have I have a number number of takes. I know we're wrapping up the show, but num- number one, like the Oscars, the Grammys, they were never for us. They were never for us. They were they were to lionize and celebrate, you know, white people's achievements. And we've always had to figure out a way to break through, break in. Best R and B single, best black single. I mean everything, best everything. Single, yeah. And if you juxtapose <laughs> the Grammys from the Oscars, how diversified now the Grammys are, is because we stopped going. Jay Z yeah. said, "I'm not going to the to the Grammys," right. and he's the, the biggest artist of the, of the time. And that that I mean, and I know it's a little different in terms of Grammys, it's performance based and. They want viewership. Oscars is a little bit more insulated, and it's about the the allure and the prestige of being a part of the Academy and being a part of this Hollywood culture. And they want to keep they want to keep that white. You look at the statistics since the Oscars started. You, there's an infographic that's out on the internet that just shows like how it's how every year the percentage is pretty much the same for people of color. Not not just black folks, people of color, minorities, right. women. Like, I mean, my, people of color, people color. I don't know what I'm saying, but with that. But anyway, I I feel I feel like there should be some type of diversity in terms of the voting base. Um, I think that's where the problem is, and I think that is Oscar's responsibility. Like break sure. that up. Okay. Like let's start let's start from scratch, or let's let's like look at like the rules as to how they're evaluating, you know, the movies, how I mean, they're you can nominating be a member a movie. for life, but like be active. I mean, obviously, if you're if you if in the '60s there were a lot of black members, in the '70s not a lot. 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 90s, 80s. So maybe you start getting some people start creeping in. Black folks start creeping in maybe in the 80s and 90s. And, but yeah. that's only, you know, like what, one person every five years? And I, my last <laughs> my last point is I feel like I feel like a lot of these award shows, especially the Oscars, is not necessarily based on talent. Like if you look no. at Beast of a No Nation, I feel that that little kid, and I forget his name, mm-hmm. that little kid should have been nominated. That sure. dude, that was the so, first time he ever acted in anything. He yeah. killed that role. No one's yeah. talking about him. Yeah. Like, I love Idris. He, but he, to me, he was the star of that movie. Yeah. How come he's not nominated? He's got some shine. He got some shine in, 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 in some of the other, the Guild Awards and recognize Ooh. him. And then, and, hey, man, it's to the, the, the Guilds, the, the screen actors, producers, uh, independent spirits. Like, those, they're, they're, they're recognized. They're, you know, both, both of them. But yeah, the Oscar, I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, we're going to wrap up now, but I, but I want to give my take. I agree with you wholeheartedly about the, the representation of what these two what, thinking Grammys and, and um, Oscars are. Like, the Grammys themselves aren't, you know, just, just juxtaposing them really quickly. The Grammys themselves aren't about who is the best, who's the best or whatever. The Grammys are about the music industry and putting ambassadors to each thing. And they never really get it right, but they're not there to get it right. They're there to have a good show and a lot of performances, mm-hmm. and they're there to appoint uh, uh, the ambassador to whatever this thing is. Mm-hmm. That's why Dave Grohl, he's the ambassador of rock and roll. He may not be the best rocker out there. Kendrick is the ambassador of hip-hop. Well, now he is, because right. before, Macklemore was, exactly. was the ambassador, until exactly. they all got it wrong. It's right. like, oh, Kendrick. It's just like years ago when they made Jethro Toll the best rock album, and everyone freaked out, and mm-hmm. then Metallica won for the next five years straight. Then they corrected it, and now Foo Fighters winning for the next five years I'm straight. I'm just saying, I think the Grammys have done a better job of diversifying well, the, you know they have right so they, they've Grammys a much better job of diversifying getting people in there getting those categories right right you know getting this as opposed and, and making all inclusive and, and, and ambassadors Oscars are behind Oscars same thing Oscars are about ambassadors Oscars are about you know you know ambassadors to the movie industry and the problem is the movie industry is based on what's going to sell tickets in their mind and what's going to play overseas in their mind right. and that is white faces and white movies right. so you're still until they think that we want our ambassador of our industry to be African American uh 
Latino, Asian, any other POCs, you know, like whatever they are, then it's all, it's going to be the same. You know, and I agree, and, I agree with you when you say that it's Hollywood's responsibility, because I think it starts with the studios. Mm -hmm. I think it starts with, you know, who gets the access to make the movie, who gets right. the budget, who gets the big budget. Because television's getting it right. Television, right. television is really getting it right. I mean, obviously, you know, and, but, but movies, movies are movies, man. They're still, they're still, the people, the executives are like, oh, that'll never play in overseas. But that, that's Black the part, movies. that's the part that is, Racialized. That's the part that's like institutional, institutional white supremacy because yeah. of this, this, this judgment or this. It's like you're keeping you keeping us marginalized. So you you think this story is not going to play overseas? So you don't want to give it pub. You don't yeah. want to give it access. You don't want to give people to to experience it. And I who's think that's making wrong. that decision? Exactly. Yeah. Who's like, hey, you're 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 good, Achilles, but you're not going to play. Yeah. They're not going to like you over in Germany. Yeah. So we'll just stay home. Stay, stay still. Just go to the Image Awards. Let, 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 <laughs> let me send someone else. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's so we digress. Uh, Oscars Sunday. We'll we'll, we'll we'll be watching. We you know we'll be still rooting for who we can root for. There's still some great performances. So great you're not movies. gonna you're not gonna boycott the Oscars. Uh, I'm not gonna boycott the Oscars. <laughs> I'm, I'm tuning in to see what Chris Rock's gonna say. I think he's gonna annihilate everyone. I hope so. Uh, I, I look for Chris Rock. I know we got to go. I look for Chris Rock to really challenge folks like he did on his SNL monologue, like Louis C.K. did on his SNL monologue. Those two guys are good friends. I think that he's going to come out and challenge people. Not in a Ricky Gervais way, and we can insult people. He's going to challenge folks and make people like, oh, but, I, I, but if you read the transcript, everything he's saying is going to be funny and crazy. Who knows how it's going to play in the room? Be smart, funny, and insightful. Who knows how to play in the room? So we'll see. I'm very interested to see how that works out. And I'm very interested to see the dialogue that we have after, after, yes. after it transpires. We so. will be talking about that as well. Um, uh, we are four minutes past, so we're gonna get out of here. But thank you so much for joining us on, on uh, Geek Nerd Tech. We'll, uh, next week, we'll talk about what happened at the Oscars, and and, and and we'll talk about the tech side of that, the streaming and and the numbers, and and and, and how people viewed it from a tech standpoint. But uh, thank for where can the keep people find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Akili Shine, A K I L I S H I N E. And where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe K Braswell, and also on our sister network at AfterBuzz doing the blacklist and soon to be Bates Motel. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you next week. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Christie, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, Tweet us or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.